Hello, this is Dr. David Friedman, host of To Your Good Health Radio. One of my favorite quotes is, as the twig is bent, so grows the tree. This early 18th century proverbial saying means early influences can have a permanent impact. Unfortunately, children are unhealthier today than ever in history. In fact, it's been predicted that this will be the first generation that parents are expected to outlive their children. Joining us today is a listener favorite, Vani Hari. Her new book is called Food Babe Family. It helps parents with their kids embrace real food to achieve optimal health. You know, with all the uncertainties in life, and there's certainly a lot of them, one thing we do know for sure, children are our future. And thanks to Vani, the future is looking brighter. Stay tuned. It all starts now. It's To Your Good Health Radio with number one best-selling author and renowned wellness expert, Dr. David Friedman, changing lives just for the health of it. Our next guest is a revolutionary food activist, a New York Times bestselling author, and co-founder of the organic food brand Truvani. She was named one of the most influential people on the internet by Time Magazine. Her website, foodbabe.com, remains one of the most visited resources in the health and food genre. Her no-holds-barred investigative work has gained worldwide attention, influencing many Fortune 500 companies and major food giants to stop adding chemicals to their products. Her media contributions include the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, Good Morning America, and The Doctors. Her latest book is called Food Babe Family, which contains over 100 recipes that will help kids fall in love with real food again. Welcome back to the show, Vani Hari. Thank you so much for having me, Dr. Freeman. It's such a pleasure to be back. Uh, it's great as always having you back. First, I have to say, I love your new book. I've already made a few of the recipes, which are to live for, yummy. Kudos to you. Share with us what inspired you to write Food Babe Family. Well, you know, I have two little kids, ages two and six. And before I became a mom, I didn't know what really our purpose was here on earth. But after I became a mom, I, I really figured it out. It's really to to procreate and to raise the next generation. And as I started to navigate living in this over-processed world where we're constantly being marketed food that is full of chemicals, additives, pesticides, harmful toxins, I decided that I wanted to raise my children differently and not raise them like my parents raised me. And when my parents came here to the United States, in the 1960s, they were just so happy for the opportunity to live in a more prosperous place because they grew up surrounded by a lot of poverty. And they wanted to live the American lifestyle. They wanted to eat like the Americans. And that meant eating McDonald's and Burger King several times a week and relying on all of the processed foods at the grocery store to help my mother make American type meals that she didn't know how to make or her mother didn't teach her how to make because, you know, she grew up in India. And so all she knew how to cook was like Indian food. And so because I wanted to fit in with everyone around me and in this world that I was one of the only Indian children growing up in my school, I begged her for all of this food that everybody else was eating. And as a result, I became very sick. I was riddled with so many illnesses as a child in and out of doctor's offices at one point on nine prescription drugs. And it wasn't until my early twenties that I decided to break free and 
look into what was causing all of these issues in my body. And I found out it was food. And as soon as I started to change my diet to a whole real food diet, eliminating most processed foods, I started to realize a health that I never thought was imaginable. So when I had my two little kids, I knew I wanted to raise them as the next generation healthy eaters, but I also wanted to teach them the truth about the food industry and the truth about what's been done to our food supply so they can avoid all of the pain that I went through and they can live a life that I wish I could have lived in a way, you know, a life that is focused on having fun and playing and and becoming your best self. Because I truly believe that unless you actually realize true health and feel good, you'll never know who you really are supposed to be in this world. I don't think you ever unlock your true potential unless your brain is functioning correctly. And the only way it can function correctly is with real nutrition and not this dead, overly processed food that exists in the majority of grocery stores that is created in a laboratory to sit there on a shelf for a really long time and created in such a cheaply fashion that all of the nutrition has been devoid from the product. And so I really wanted to leave a manifesto to how I raised my children in the early years, everything from the moment that they were born until they started to eat their first foods into what I was doing when I was encountered with situations like dominoes being served at my child's school, what I did about it, and what strategies I employed with my own children so that they could learn the truth about food. And I just remember very early on when my daughter was 10 months old, it was like her first encounter, I think, with processed foods was around that time. And we were at an airport and she was with me on a business trip. And we were we were just passing the time waiting for our flight. And we were in one of those little convenience stores that you see at the airport. And the convenience stores have shelves and shelves of like candy and chocolate and all these snack foods. And I saw her on the ground playing with the little miniature boxes of Fruit Loops and little Lucky Charms and Snickers bars and Skittles. And even at that moment, I took it as a moment to teach her what that was. And she was playing with it because it was crinkly and it was a cute character on there and like it got her eye because of the bright colors. But I took it as a moment to teach her about what's in these foods. Like, what is this that you're playing with? It's not a toy. It's actually food that people actually eat. And let's talk about the ingredients. And and knowing that, of course, at that 10-month-old brain level, she's not going to really understand what I'm saying. But they say everything you teach your kids between the ages of zero and seven, make them who they are in this world. And I said, I'm going to use every opportunity to make my kids the smartest people about food so that when they're taking care of themselves and they're in those situations when they're without me, they make the best decisions on what to eat and they know why they're making those decisions and they're doing it on their own because they've been taught from the very beginning. And so I wanted to leave an entire guidebook, which is the first part of this book. And we actually almost made it two books 
but I felt like I wanted the first half to be guidebook and the second half to have the practical implementation, which is the, you know, a hundred plus recipes, all with a photograph, easy recipes that you can make under 30 minutes so that you can be with your family and get all the other things you need to get done in this world. And so I really wanted to give everybody the opportunity to look into my life and have an intimate look into how I'm raising my children so that they could see what we do when we're in all of these tricky situations, when we're at birthday parties, when we're at school, when we're traveling, and how I involve my kids in our lifestyle so that they become the next generation food activists, if you will, that they really are protecting and realize that they have so much control over their health. And this is the main lesson that I did not know for so many years. When I had a health ailment, all I knew to do was to go to the doctor. I didn't have the know-how. My parents didn't encourage me to look and look for answers of why I was experiencing this, you know, asthma or eczema all over my face. They didn't they didn't ask those questions. They believe the experts and the doctors. And that's what any good parents do, right? They take your kids to the doctor when they experience a health issue. But now I'm teaching my kids that doctors may not have all of the answers. And there are certain doctors that look beyond what's been taught to them in medical school and look beyond and look at the functional reason of like what's actually happening in your body and what's causing that issue. And to teach them to critically think through their health issues and to, to figure out that there's another way. Like if we eat healthy, we can avoid ear infections. If we eat healthy, we can avoid a lot of these situations where your tonsils are being taken out at a young age. If we eat healthy, you can avoid getting your appendix taken out, right? And they, and it's, it's, you know, I had my appendix out when I was in my early, early twenties and you know, back then they just said to me, you know, Bonnie, you know, no one needs their appendix. Yours is inflamed. You need to get it out and you need to have emergency surgery. And if someone had told me that like I could have saved my appendix by just changing my diet, I would have done that to avoid that surgery. But people have been brainwashed into thinking you don't even need an organ in your body, which is just crazy to think about because you actually do need that organ in your body. It turns out as latest science shows that the appendix populates your gut with good bacteria and actually helps your immune system fight off all sorts of things. So it's actually a beneficial organ. And it's like, wait a minute, why didn't anybody tell me this? And so using all of the stories of my past and understanding the pain that I went through is what keeps me going and keeps me passionate to the point where I just will not stop writing books and teaching my kids the truth about food. And so I wanted other parents to have a guide and a resource to do that. And it's a, it's a really friendly read. It's not as intense as I'm talking right now. It's really useful in the fact that I give you charts and lists and everything you need to know to kind of redo your pantry, to get the junk out of your pantry and to, to stock it with real food and store-bought items that will make your shopping easy, but also make your life easier because you don't have to make your own ketchup. You don't have to make your own teriyaki sauce. There are so many amazing brands out there that are doing 
great things that are providing better for you options that have real food and they are store bought. So I put a list of those in the book that I use in my kitchen and my cooking so that people know all the shortcuts that I'm using because I, I'm managing two businesses. I've got Truvani, which is it's so amazing. We're like the number one plant-based protein in all of natural stores. And I'm helping to run that company. And I'm also running Food Babe and running these books. And so I'm a busy mom. And so I want people to know that you can do this. Like you really can make real food a priority. And here's how I do it. And when people ask me like, Bonnie, you know, what do your kids eat for snacks? And like, how do you avoid goldfish? You know? And I'm like, here's a hundred better snacks than goldfish that you can stock in your pantry that you can order off Thrive Market or Costco or Amazon. You can have them ready. You don't even have to live near some of these better for you stores that have these options. Like you can actually order this stuff on the internet and have it available to you, which is the coolest thing because this was not the case 20 years ago when I made this discovery about my health where I had to scour all the health food stores, figure out these brands by trial and error and like really waste a lot of money a lot of times because I would eat something and it was awful tasting or whatever. And I'd, you know, it'd go in the trash. Right. And now things are so different. But let's address the elephant in the room because a lot of them have the same issue as me. As an adult, I love eating healthy. But when I was a kid, if it wasn't corn, I just wasn't interested. Yuck, anything, yuck, yuck, yuck. And any tips you can offer to parents dealing with picky eaters? I know one thing you mentioned in the book is to add healthy veggies to their favorite meals. But the question is, do you nonchalantly like sneak them in and or do you drop the bombshell and admit that they're healthy for them? Well, it depends where you're starting. If you're starting at the beginning, tell them the truth. Tell them that avocados are like deliver healthy fats to their brains and they they can be strong and healthier and they'll have more energy. And like tell them about the benefits of these different ingredients that you're adding to their diet, right? Broccoli has like tons of calcium and is so good, for, you know, it has iron and so many different things that are really great for you. Tell them about different products and things that you're using and why you use them and why you buy organic and why this matters. Like all of the different little things that you do when you're at the grocery store, you're in your daily situation or why you're cooking or why your kids are playing, just the dialogue, the information makes an imprint on their brain. They listen to everything. And so like from the start, I wouldn't try to hide it. Now, if you're dealing with, you're trying to change someone who's six or seven, who's never eaten a vegetable in their life, They've got to get the nutrition in their body. And so the way to do it is to start involving them in the kitchen, getting them to make smoothies. You know, there's so many things you can put into smoothies that you can't taste. Zucchinis, cauliflower, romaine. I'm just thinking of so many, you know, celery, cucumbers. A lot of, there's a lot of vegetables that you can put into smoothies along with fruit that you won't be able to actually know that they're in there, but you can still tell them and you don't have to lie and you can kind of like make it together and have a taste of it and you can come up with your own recipes together that way. But here's what I want to say. Kids don't get picky just on their own. It's not like, you know, we're all born to have this, like there's, you know, there's this picky gene or, you know, kids just become picky. Now kids are wired and programmed to push back no matter what they push boundaries and they're constantly pushing boundaries. They're pushing boundaries with bedtime. They're pushing boundaries on getting ready for school. They're pushing boundaries on, can I play five more minutes? 
can I stay at the park five more minutes? They're going to push boundaries too when you serve them broccoli and when you serve them green beans because they don't taste as good as cake, right? They don't taste as good as ice cream. But this is what kids are learning of where the boundary is, right? And it's up to the parents to have good boundaries when it comes to food and to say, we're going to eat our vegetables before we have the next course. And so that's one of the first tips I give everyone is if you want your kids to love vegetables, serve it as the first course, always. They will eat it because they're sitting down and they're hungry. They're not going to fill up on the other carby or other more delicious parts of the meal that they find more delicious. And they're going to eat them first. And this actually has a scientific health benefit in that it populates your gut with good fiber and good bacteria, and it makes your blood sugar level become more level, which is incredible. It doesn't spike it as much as if you were to start with a starchy or carby food first. It's so amazing what actually happens when you, when you just serve vegetables first. But there's a, something else that I want to say. We can largely blame picky eating on the processed food industry. When you are giving your child a snack every single day at three o'clock, and that snack comes from a packaged processed good, let's just, for example, say it's goldfish. You give them goldfish crackers every day at three o'clock. Well, their bodies know what that tastes like every single time because the food manufacturers have realized that if they create their products to taste exactly the same every single time, it makes our brains addicted to that food because it's something that we're familiar with and we remember the taste. And then they use chemicals to hijack your taste buds to remember the taste and eat more than you should. And those are autolyzed yeast extract or added MSG. You think of Doritos. In the case of goldfish, it's autolyzed yeast extract and natural flavor. They're adding these chemicals to the food so that you will eat the whole bag and you remember that flavor. Now, let's say you take another approach at three o'clock and you do blueberries. Well, blueberries one day are going to be so juicy and sweet. And maybe the next day they're going to be mealy and kind of sour. And so they're going to be different every single time. And so when you are training your child, to love real food, you can't rely on the processed packaged good because what you're doing is you're training their brain to remember that same flavor and have a less variety of a palate. Whereas if you're giving them fresh fruit every single day at three o'clock, they're eating fruit in all sorts of forms and varieties and you're training that palate to accept a large variety of food versus something that comes from a package or processed good. Yeah, well said. I love that you're a big advocate of families enjoying cooking and eating together, but let's face it, there are so many distractions. You got gaming and movies and social media. How do you keep mealtimes a family event? Well, first of all, that there's no devices allowed at any of our meals, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Now, there's this certain occasion of like, somebody's sick, someone's been right. puking, you know, you have the stomach bug, like, you know, there's obviously those situations where, you know, something's happened or for a childcare reason, like if there's something happening where like, you know, I was called into a important meeting or something, you know, sometimes TV or, or a screen does come into benefit. I don't want to say that I'm perfect with that, but on a 
I would say 95% basis, we are not having any screens at a breakfast, lunch, or dinner situation because it's so important for me to teach my children about the art of conversation and the art of sitting down with each other and talking about what we're eating and talking about our days. And if my children ever need to be entertained in any way during breakfast, which they do sometimes, we will read to each other. You know, after one of us finishes our meal, we'll read to the child or we will listen to an audiobook or something like that. If there's some situation where someone needs to be entertained, and this I'm talking about really little kids, right? But once they get into four or five years old, they don't need to be entertained anymore to eat. It's really about conversation. And we just have the most meaningful and amazing conversations as a family because we're sitting down and there's no televisions on. There's usually even no music on. You can have music on, but we're sitting there chatting with each other about what's going on. We talk about what's happening the next day or what's happening in the next week so that our children are caught off guard. One of the main lessons I've learned about children is they love to know what's coming. They love to know what to expect. And hey, next week for Thanksgiving, we're going to have, you know, G-Pop and Lolly here and they're going to be staying with us and your cousins are going to be here and they're going to be sharing your toys. And let's talk about how we're going to share toys. Let's, let's run through some different scenarios so that we don't have those situations where kids are like, you know, about to pull each other's hair out. We take the opportunity to really sit down and take that time to really connect with our kids. I have actually designed my lifestyle as a mother, as a working mom, to be there for my children at those mealtimes. And it's one of the most important things to me to be there and to take that break at lunch and have lunch with my son who's still at home. Has, he's not in school yet. And to also just have that opportunity to model good eating habits in front of them because that's really going to make them be great eaters as well. And I know if their health is great, that they're going to every part of their lifestyle in their ability at school and like everything is going to work itself out because they're going to be able to use their brains to figure it out. I wish I would have had that clarity in my brain growing up. Like I just remember being so high on artificial sugar and artificial colors and all sorts of like really crappy processed foods that I couldn't concentrate in school. You know, I barely got by because I was just you know, I think I had good genes and like, you know, very stern parents in terms of them academically wanting me to succeed. But like, gosh, I could have been such a better student had I been eating correctly. What about fruit juice as a kid? I loved it, but it's not as healthy as we thought as kids. What should parents look for when it comes to drinks and juices for their children? I know I you reminded me like in high school, I drank Florida lemonade every day for breakfast with a Nutrigrain bar. That was my breakfast. That's not a good breakfast. And juice is probably one of the first things that I would say is to eliminate from your child's diet. It's completely empty calories. It's all sugar. And it's going to prevent them from eating other nutritious things. So if they need to drink something, which, you know, of course they do, I would start with water and then flavor that water and then slowly start to remove the flavoring. So you can start with water that's been sitting with fruit overnight in the fridge and then slowly start to reduce the amount of fruit over time. And then maybe just do like a squeeze of lemon 
And then, you know, you can slowly reduce it down and see if they can go to just water. I mean, my kids just drink water. That's great. I know the recipes in your, your book are endless. Uh, read a couple from uh, Homemade Healthy Hot Pockets, Zucchini Boats, Pumpkin Muffins, Zucchini Pizza Bites, which I've tried delicious, and a plethora of snacks and desserts. I'm curious, is there one that you consider a family favorite? Which one is your go-to? Oh, I love the fajitas. We eat the fajitas and that have that fajita night with the pinto beans like once a week. I mean, my kids just love them. And it's one of our favorites. But, you know, my daughter was, it was so funny. I had made her a different lunch to go to lunch the other day. And she's like, no, mom, I just really want leftovers from the night before. I want those fajitas. And I'm like, all right, you got it. That's easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I know most parents, we know now that sugar is public enemy number one. And I think most parents know that, of course, some ignore it, but they know it. I mean, let's face it. But I'm curious, what's public enemy number two? What's something they may not know that's detrimental to their children's health that might shock them? I mean, I would say I would really avoid natural flavor. I have to tell you, there's a list of terrible 10 ingredients in Food Babe Family, but I think natural flavor is the one that is the most alarming to me because it's in just about every processed food. It's very hard to find processed foods without it. And that's the key component that food manufacturers are using to trick your brain into liking that food that's usually devoid of a lot of nutrition. And so it's a way to create the one millionth best part of a taste that they find in nature somewhere, but they create it in a laboratory with many different chemicals. I'm thinking thousands of chemicals that are behind that one label. When you see natural flavor on the label, it has hundreds of chemicals behind that. The FDA doesn't require the food manufacturers to actually put what's in natural flavor on the label. So it's the one thing that keeps you coming back for more and more. And that's the thing that I try to keep out of my house as much as possible. And it's the one thing I think that causes picky eating. So if you don't want your kids to be picky eaters, uh, eliminate natural flavoring. So they see the word natural and say, oh, it's healthy. So you just uh, busted that myth. Not always. It's natural, I think, is one of the most overused words. And we tend to gravitate. Oh, that means it's good for, good for my system. But it's not. I'm curious. I want, I want to get your view on on diet. You know, there's so many, there's, there's carnivore and vegan and keto, intermittent fasting. It can get confusing, but I had a patient last week tell me that she's devoted at making sure her seven-year-old kid stays in ketosis. And I just had to roll my eyes. Does it have to be that complicated, Vani, when it comes no, to growing children? It doesn't. it doesn't. And you know, it's so, it's so, if you follow a lot of health accounts online on Instagram or on social or anywhere, you'll see that there's like this ongoing debate between the vegans and the meat eaters, right? And both of them are so passionate about their sides. And the reason they're so passionate about their sides is because both lifestyles eliminate a lot of processed foods. And they're convinced that they feel great. And so they want everyone to know about this. And it's the one thing in common between all diets that actually work is the elimination of most processed foods. And so for me, I've never been one to eliminate one food group or another. I like to eat everything. I want to eat croissants when I'm in France. You know, I want to have ice cream. I want to have all the things in life. I just want to eat them the real way with real ingredients. And I know when I do that, my body doesn't eat more than it should. I still get to enjoy life. And I feel really great about myself, and I'm realizing a level of health that I never thought was possible. 
and you've gotten rid of the word die and the word diet. It shouldn't be a death sentence where you can't eat this, that, that, and count this calorie and this macro and that might mean might get so confusing. It's just, it doesn't have to be our great grandparents didn't deal with this, but man, everyone seems to be measuring everything. So that's interesting. What about, so you got a healthy parent at home doing the right thing, but now it is restaurant time. Any tips they should be aware of on how to eat healthy when they're at a restaurant? Yeah, I would avoid most things that are fried if possible because they're being fried in some of the worst oils. A lot of the fry oil contains cottonseed oil, which is coming from a crop that's not even regulated like a food. It's regulated like a textile. So it has many more different pesticides that it can be you know, applied to the crop. And then they're using you know, the byproduct of cottonseed oil in our food to fry. It's one of the cheapest things that people can use. I would avoid that. And I would just try to maybe choose the fish option. I always try to do that when I'm eating out. I love getting some kind of local caught fish or something like that, if that's available, or a wild caught fish. And then just asking for the dressing on the side for salads. And then one of the things I do for my kids is not all the time would they eat something that's like all mixed together with this fancy sauce. You know, it's it's very different from the way I cook at home, which is very simple. And so a lot of times they're not really interested in something really super fancy. And if, but if I see a certain ingredient on a menu, I'll ask for that to be simply prepared. Like if I see that they have Brussels sprouts, or if I see that they have asparagus or some, you know, broccoli or anything on another dish, I'll ask them, I was like, can you just steam this with butter and sea salt and just leave it at that? And a lot of times that's one way to get your kids to eat healthy when you're eating out. And so they eat something that's more familiar like home, and then maybe they will be adventurous and try the other things with the full of sauce and other things. But I think the key is you have to model it as a parent. Like if your diet is not clean, if you are the one eating the goldfish and getting the bag out right before dinner and doing all of that, like they're going to do that too. And so you really have to model it as a parent. And so you have to be in charge of that. And you have to be in charge of your family. And I think it's the most important role we have as parents to feed our kids good food. It's the way that we are going to keep them the safest in their life. You know, our jobs, I would say the number one job of parents is to keep our kids safe. And if you know what I know about the food industry and you learn what's going on in the food industry, you can't unlearn it. And, and you want to do whatever you can to feed them. Safe. So true. And, and you can't yell at your kids for smoking cigarettes when you, you've got a cigarette in your mouth and you're pointing a finger at them. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Great. As always, time flies by when you join us in the, in the minute we have left. Is there anything else you'd like to share with future owners of the great book, Food Babe Kitchen? Well, I just want to say that you guys have it. You have it in your willpower. I know you do it. And I know that it seems daunting at first to live this lifestyle, but I'm telling you, I make it easy for you. I bring you all the tools and the tips in this book. And so I just, I hope you give it a chance. You can come over to foodbabefamily.com and see all the links of where the book's at. It's also everywhere books are sold. So you can just get it anywhere. Fantastic. Thanks again for joining us. Always a pleasure having you on the show. And uh, the new book is called Food Babe Kitchen. More than 100 recipes and foolproof strategies to help your kids fall in love with real food. It's a great book. I hope everybody gets their copy. It's everywhere books are sold. You can go to foodbabefamily.com. And to stay up to date with all 
all the latest from Vani Hari, go to foodbabe.com and make sure you check out her latest blog post, Healthy Recipes and Video Library. A lot of great stuff there. Also sign up for her free weekly newsletter and all the latest food news you can use. She'll get it right to your inbox. You can follow Vani on Facebook and Instagram at The Food Babe. For my daily Facebook post, follow me at Dr. David Friedman on Instagram. I'm at Dr. D. Friedman. If you heard Vani share something today that would benefit somebody you know, send them a link to this podcast available to yourgoodhealthradio.com or radiomd.com. And while there, be sure and check out our podcast library and share these segments with friends, family, coworkers, and on social media. I always say sharing is caring. Don't keep this to yourself. You can also subscribe to future podcasts on Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. More to come. Stay tuned and stay well.